1: On today's podcast, author Garth Jones returns to talk about the brilliant but seemingly forgotten Aussie cult classic, Dogs in Space. My name is Justin Hamilton and you're listening to Big Squid presenting a new edition of Pass the Amel.
0: Pass the Yamel.
1: Thank you for joining me today. Look, I'm going to keep this brief as I listened back to the previous podcast with Brian Coverdale, the shark from the chase. And boy, did I bang on at the start. I was in such a chatty mood. And look, to be honest, it's a sign that I'm feeling better after having the flu and uh, just trying to shake it. Not 100% there, but I feel like I'm 90, 95%. And uh, that kind of presented itself in a very chatty opening. Uh, I don't know if any of you are fans of the Australian comedy group Tripod. They used to have a song about going to see Peter Jackson's version of King Kong, and they wrote a song called Get to the Fucking Monkey, and that was me. Get to the fucking monkey, Hamo, or in this case, in that podcast, Get to the Shark. He's ready to chat, so... I will keep this brief. And also, uh, look, I just want you to hear this podcast because I'd never seen this movie before and I really loved it. And you can rent it online and I thoroughly recommend checking it out if you've never seen it before or if you haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, As you know, when you sign up to the Big Squid Patreon, you not only have access to bonus podcasts and scripts, but you also have an episode dedicated to you. And today's shout-out goes to one of our OGs, Andrew Palmer. He's been with us for a long time now. And uh, thanks for your support, Andrew. Uh, I really appreciate it, and if you've seen this movie before, or you decide to check it out after the podcast, I'd love to know what you think. Uh, I'd love to know what all of you think. Uh, you can uh, sign up to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Justin Hamilton underscore big squid, and you will find a tier that suits you, so you can contact me through there, or you can just head over to the Big Squid Facebook page and, uh, you know, let me know what you think of this film. Okay. Look at me, keeping to my promise. Let's get to the movie. Sam and Tim are not only the key members of their band, but they also share a house with a variety of social misfits and transient characters. They live for the moment, and there's little room for thoughts about tomorrow. But Sam's girlfriend Anna feels the pull between their insular, partying lives and the real world. And when nobody plans for the future, what happens to them when it finally arrives? It is time to enter the world of Dogs in Space. Everybody's acting so deranged. I'll face up, face down.
0: Let's face up to the facts.
1: You know that I can't see new horizons.
0: Drive a V8, I drive
1: into the we are recording this on Tuesday the 14th of June and last night I watched the season finale of season three of Barry and uh, have you checked this series out at all? It is on my list.
0: I certainly haven't, haven't gotten to it yet, no. Uh,
1: long Can, list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I suggest on your list that you move it right to the top? It is a phenomenal series and it's uh, it gets better every season. And the amazing thing about it is that it is true to the characters. So things don't happen because the story need it. Things happen because of the characters, and it's amazing. I've, I've written it down. Um,
0: my uh, partner's away until uh, this time next week, and the kid's in daycare,
1: so i uh, oh, yeah, I'm not doing any more work. That's fine. Yeah, no, it's great. It's a, Well, it, what's also great is it's only like 25 to 30-minute episodes. Cool, so I can binge
0: it all, you know, between 8 and 4 p.m.
1: Well, you can. And yeah. also I would suggest uh, when you watch season three, check out Sean Fennessy on The Ringer prestige podcast after every episode of season three bill hader breaks down the episode and talks about the behind the scenes stuff and it is like it's fucking great and I, I've, I've been lucky enough to interview bill hader in the past as a, as a guest on john Fane's melbourne radio show and he was a delight then just a very nice man and i was about uh, to ask you uh
0: have you heard uh bill hader on the king cast uh, uh, no,
1: not on the King cast. Work Worth a listen, uh,
0: yeah. Uh, mainly, sort of framed around him being in It too, uh, which we saw together. Oh yeah, <laughs> memorably, or you know, not so memorably.
1: Yeah, not but so um, memorably
0: that was a. It's a pretty diverse conversation. It's very funny. It's worth yeah.
1: Um, not the way doing mugs
0: for massive podcasts, but any, anyway.
1: Well, no, no, but he's uh, he's so honest about the process, and you know, wanting to do certain things, and having a writer's room that says, no, we don't think this is a good idea and, you know. But anyway, the season, the way the season finished last night, did you ever read Brian Michael Bendis's run on Daredevil back in the day?
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: It's it's one of those finales uh, where you go, right, okay. Like, this is not what you would normally do in any TV show. Uh, It it takes some... um, take some bold decision-making and, uh, you know, he even admits because they're writing season four now. It's like, you know, they all walk in and they're like, right, this is the situation we're in. How do we go what from here? Now? No, yeah, okay, but cool. it, but it's, it's all based on uh, proper character beats and that's what I really enjoyed about it. So that's my hot tip for anyone who has not. I might even in. write something about it. But, yeah, Barry is a, a standout TV show, standout. Thanks
0: at the bottom of my notes now. So we yep.
1: got <laughs> twenty five to thirty oh, yes. minutes. Eight episodes a season, I think. So Okay, so that's Thursday. That's four hours. Yep, cool. Oh, yep. Manageable. Done. Easy to do. <laughs> Easy to do. Uh, let's get into what we're really here oh, for. Sorry, what platform? Uh, it is on uh, Foxtel slash binge. Oh, cool. we just cancelled that. Great. All right. It's getting uh It's hard to <laughs> I don't, like I honestly don't know why you would cancel that. <laughs> I like, know, but I yeah we um we moved over for other things and
0: then uh, yeah I, yeah anyway.
1: Well, that's we'll interesting. Well, you know because it has all the HBO shows and mm. that's the you know I just finished uh uh the new David Simon Pelicanos right uh, we own This city which was a mm. fucking masterpiece. It has John Oliver tonight. It just has so much good stuff, which annoys. This me. Also, because it's
0: region blocked over here. Is it? I think it yeah. The certain shows aren't on there anyway.
1: Oh, uh, okay. So yeah, maybe you can find world, it elsewhere.
0: Somewhere else, yeah. Anyway, nonetheless, uh, yeah. At least we've got good internet. It's fine.
1: Yes, yes, yeah. Good internet. I, I hear that's a <laughs> that's a handy thing to have. Far, um, let's uh, let's get into Dogs in Space, uh, a vibrant film that, even though it depicts a particular time in 1978, feels uh, is. Lively as ever. Like it feels so real while you're watching it. Um, and even though this is a little bit unfair to contrast it with, all the way through, I couldn't help but think about train spotting and how, in comparison, I don't know, suddenly train spotting felt a bit cleaner and felt a little bit more uh, romanticized. Uh, there, there's something really kind of ugly about dogs in space. And I mean that as a compliment. Yeah. I mean,
0: Glasgow in the mid 90s versus Melbourne. In the late 70s, like, and, you know, up to the mid-80s when it was shot, obviously, different yeah. place, eh? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Like, those scenes around the MCG look like they were out of Mad Max anyway, you know? All that sort of stuff. Was, oh, yeah. Was apocalyptic.
1: Yeah, even the the uh, titles at the start mm. recall Mad yeah, Max yeah. too. I mean, it
0: really lures you into a sense of a movie that it's not. Uh, yeah. It you know, sort of leans into that osploitation vibe, which sort of uh, is appropriate with this discussion. But then, you know, that sort of that standoff at the beginning of the film with the, uh, I guess they'd be basically bogan Nazis, uh, yeah. is quickly diffused and sort of veers off in another direction entirely.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a really deceptive beginning, isn't it? Because it mm. does suggest a film that is going in a very certain direction and then becomes, uh, well, I feel like that scene initially doesn't make any sense and then at the end, yes. uh, if, if you look back at it as a recollection of someone's memories, Makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, it feels almost like the Warriors or something to begin with. Uh,
1: Yeah, the Warriors, yeah. what
0: Class of 1984.
1: (laughs) Man, that is so funny. Uh, Pardon the coughing, by the way, uh, for everyone listening. This is also, uh, especially for Patreon subscribers, they will know that... uh, Bonus Cough Edition. Yeah, the Bonus Cough Edition. They know that... um, uh the week that uh we're recording this there was meant to be a, a couple of podcasts coming out and I've had to reduce it to one due to this flu uh which I will not go into because guess what garth and i garth just had to listen to me bitching about how i got this flu from someone and uh you know what garth doesn't need to hear that again go not saying go, a word not saying go back word. through the <laughs> notes and you can find the uh, the post uh yeah and it's it's funny you could watch train spotting and dogs in space together because it's it's got these weird overlaps hasn't it with the uh, mm. Iggy Pop youths uh the shooting up of drugs etc even um even punk versus you know house, uh, house music yeah, and clubbing yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, they, they feel
0: like relevant the, yeah, the different scenes are very sort of yeah parallel in a lot of senses
1: Yeah I didn't look this up but do you think Danny Boyle had seen Dogs in Space? I don't know like um what was it
0: eighty five, eighty uh, have God. Danny Boyle must have seen it, hey, or at least been aware of it.
1: Been aware of it, yeah, Honestly, yeah. Uh, it, it's uh, we'll get into uh, the sex, the success, or in some ways the lack of success of this movie. But I feel like maybe it would have had more of a cult status overseas. Yeah, I'd imagine. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's
0: all very it's a pretty alien sort of uh, culture in some senses, I guess. Uh, yeah, writing that,
1: yeah. Uh, I weirdly have very specific memories of this particular year, even though I was only uh, five years old, and it was the beginning of my infatuation with space and the promise it seemed to hold. Uh, but I was uh, genuinely, as a kid, terrified about Skylab falling on my house after hearing the news reports. And uh, you would have been too young for that, but were you, uh, were you ever conscious of uh, that moment in time, or is that something that bypassed you?
0: I think it bypassed us out in the... Uh... Out in the bush, uh, I'm, the first real memory of anything uh, of that nature I've got is the Challenger disaster.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that seems sitting, right.
0: Sitting in a hotel room in Newcastle, visiting family, and uh, watching the news while we should have been in the pool. Uh, yeah, and yeah, that was the f- and then Haley's Comet, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's all the same year, isn't it? 86, uh, 86 Yeah, yeah. It might have been eighty
0: five and eighty six, but yeah, they're close together. But they're the first ones that really sort of yeah struck home in that sort of set sense. Yeah. Frighteningly enough Haley's comet's probably half the is probably halfway back by now.
1: Right, right. Yeah. That is uh <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're we're now getting to that point where yeah, it's like, well, yeah. if I look after myself, I might be one of those people with the size life. Like nine years
0: old thinking, Oh, in seventy six years, it will be like
1: Yeah. no
0: twenty fifty two and it's like, mm, well, now that's thirty years time. Shit. Yeah, that
1: uh, is uh that is Fucking confronting right there. (laughs) Horrifying, horrifying. Uh, Yeah, Skylab, uh, you know, because the way it was being reported, that it was going to break up over uh, Australia. Mm. And uh, where I lived in West Croydon, uh, I lived opposite uh, Croydon High School, which had a big oval on it. So my hope was that it was going to break up and bits of it would fall on that oval.
0: It was was a Russian uh, satellite, wasn't it? Was it? Or...
1: Was was American, that, it? it was American, wasn't oh. it? I'm not sure was just, oh, no.
0: because the dogs in like Leica, the, the dog that gets sent into space, too, is a big part of the the preamble to that. And that was a um, maybe he was, I'm just not trying to think. My friend Doug Holgate drew a comic about it. I remember a lot of like uh, sort of Russian deconstructivist design in the comic, but I might, I might have conflated that with a few other things.
1: Oh, yeah, that poor dog, like <laughs> yeah. you know, what what a what a what a brave dog. And it's like, that dog didn't have any fucking choice to be shot up there. Oh, the monkey, the monkey was brave. The dog was brave. Yeah, I know. Uh, Skylab was the first America, uh, American. United States space station okay. launched by NASA, occupied for about 24 weeks between May 1973 and February 74. And, uh, yeah. There you go. That's how little we knew about it
0: out there. Yep. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, was, just... <laughs> uh,
1: I was all over it, and I was terrified. That, uh, that oval... Um, I also hoped when KISS were coming out in 1980 (laughs) That they might play at that Oval Croydon had a lot going for it, yeah Yeah, well, that Oval seemed massive when I was seven (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so uh, hearing them talk about Skylab Was uh, one of those weird uh, For a lot of people, they'd be like Oh, God, that's weird But for me, it was like Oh, okay, well, I I feel like I'm really locked into this movie Very early on Skylab, (laughs) yeah Oh, yeah Uh, This movie marries high and low art, youthful nihilism and left-wing politics. From the opening credits, we have the Thunderbirds playing while posters for rights in East Timor and banning uranium cling to the grotty walls. Uh, It's a remarkable opening that states how this uh, movie is going to play out. It it seems like the difference between, I'd say, politicised youth then versus now is back in the 70s, they were across politics, physically aggressive and pulling bongs. And now they're across politics, aggressive on social media and passing time on TikTok. Is that fair?
0: Well, I guess it's it's to my credit that I haven't been to a party like that in a little while or like <laughs> yeah. to a house like that in a little while. Oh, uh, isn't that a good thing? I think it is. We'll probably get to that, but I'm not sure. But uh, I think, yeah, primarily good. Um, so I'm not quite sure. Yeah, it, I'm not quite sure if the the same level of uh, hedonism is happening or if it's all, you know, you're, you're, I mean, there's an article in the... Uh, in the on the ABC website on the weekend about the the death of nightclubs and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, post <clears> COVID, post you know, post app, all the rest. And does that translate into are they not partying anymore either? Uh, yeah, not you know that same sort of vibe. Is it too expensive to live in the inner a city even with a you know two dozen people?
1: Yeah, that's a a really good point. You know, it's like uh, it seems like. You know, in this uh, movie back then, you could have no money and still somehow live in a place for three months without yeah. paying rent. Yeah. But here, I mean, you'd be out in a second.
0: We lived on the uh, adjacent Colton Museum in 2010 for pretty much fuck all um, in a similar scenario. So, you know, it was only like 12 years ago.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But how, how many is the most people you've ever lived with?
0: Uh, I think only five or six. Only five or six. Yeah, yeah only Jesus. <laughs> but we'll, yeah, we'll get to a few of those things later. I reckon.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've yep. I've lived with three. I three. reckon three, and even three was. Did you ever uh, a, a bit too many, much? Uh,
0: my first, uh, the first place I lived out of home was university residence in Western Sydney. Mm-hmm. So I guess that maybe qualifies as it was like a series of townhouses. So it would have been thirty or forty people under twenty-five. Right. Uh, all from. Predominantly international, right? Right. And, yeah, and and that was pretty much that scenario on a yeah. on a loop. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah,
1: you know, uh, I think both classes of youth would be appalled by the other, uh, even though they'd essentially agree on all the same topics. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the parallels
0: and just the cycles of like those issues and how things you know work as you as you you know get a bit older. Yeah. Sort of work through all that stuff. It's all pretty much the same, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, a lot of a lot of these kids could be, you know, the um, the children of uh, Don's party, couldn't they?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, or well, as you'll see, you know, when you meet the parents too. Yeah. In this film.
1: Yeah, I've, 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 I, well, anyway, I've got something about especially uh, Sammy's uh, mum. Uh, yes, yes. I found uh, her to be quite confronting for me, but we'll get to that in a <laughs> sec. Um, Michael Hutchins has real presence on the screen. Uh, but I have to say it's Saskia Post as Anna that is the standout. Uh, The way the camera follows her, the way she's dressed, there's always something interesting going on in her eyes, even when she's not the focal point. And I really feel like uh, Australian cinema missed a beat by not putting her in more movies. And, uh, you know, we're doing the David Lynch uh, deep dive director series. I think she would have been great in a Lynch film. And, And like a Lynch film too, this movie captures a spirit rather than a... Documentary starred retelling of a certain time. You get sort uh, of, a sense of like an
0: Isabella Rossellini or something sort of vibe with her. Is
1: that yeah, the, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah? Something sort, like sort of a wounded um, ingenue sort of thing.
1: Yeah, but may, maybe a cross between um, maybe a cross between Julie Cruz, who uh, just oh, passed yeah, yeah. away a couple of days ago, and uh, Isabella Rossellini. Yeah. I,
0: um, this, is, this might be something for the Patreon that you can put up. I sent you a bunch of uh, images from behind the scenes of Dogs in Space that I may have uh, lifted from a, the Blu-ray release when I was working on that.
1: Yeah, they're great. Uh,
0: so, I mean, in terms of that discussion, it might be great for people if you want to put, post some of those. Uh, yeah. Because there's such so much interesting. You know, they're, they're Polaroids of wardrobe tests and things like that from the, uh, the pre-production, and they really give you an insight into you know, how much of that. How much they worked on that aesthetic?
1: It's uh, it's phenomenal uh, the way the whole film looks because it not only uh, has a very specific look, but it, it, you can smell it too. It, it, everything about it is a little bong water. A little- oh my god! <laughs> I was you know because I'm not well. The and we'll talk about this a little bit later as well. The amount of smoking yeah. was really making my breathing quite shallow. Uh, why do you think Saskia Post didn't get to do uh, more roles? Was there just uh, was there just something about her that was uh, well? This lost? didn't really, this didn't really
0: take off at all because of the R rating and the, you know it sort of fell off literally fell off the radar. Um, very, you know, very quickly. Had a, you know pretty big budget for the era as yeah. two million or so, and then it you know maybe made a tenth of that back thanks to that rating. Yeah, I suppose. And um, then she showed up in the Hugo Weaving movie Proof, I think. Yeah, like five or six late years later.
1: Yeah, um, and just as a waitress as well. Yeah, I mean,
0: is it because she played a junkie in a film that just never got, <laughs> didn't really get any exposure, or
1: yeah, or maybe they bad. just yeah, yeah, yeah maybe though. Yeah, it's it's so weird. I, I just think she's so great, I mean, and I'm thinking uh, like, maybe if she'd um, been seen overseas as well, she would mm-hmm. have. Uh, Found some life over there.
0: I mean, I'm thinking now of um, Naomi Watt, who was in, um, was it, uh, what was it called? Just in the terms of the Lynch connection and with Australia, Mulholland
1: Drive. Uh, Yeah, she was in Mulholland Drive,
0: which is an Australian film in the sort of mid 2000s, maybe. Right. That was also had Hugo Weaving in it. Um, What was it called? Uh, I'll look it up. Keep. Yeah, sure. Uh, And you know that had a similar sort of grimy, uh, smackhead aesthetic. it was more of a story about um, multiculturalism and sort of inner suburbs of Sydney than uh, you know any particular band scene or anything. But yeah, I mean Naomi Watts as the as a sort of uh, similar career, career trajectory, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was that uh, that was that 1999 Strange Planet. It might have been Little Fish. Now I think of it. Oh, Little Fish. Yeah. Isn't that uh, Kate Blanchett? Was it Kate Blanchett or?
0: Yeah, I maybe reckon it that's Kate Blanchett. Kate. Yeah. Okay. I'll
1: take that one, sure. <laughs> yeah, yep. But um, and that's 2005. Amy uh, Watts gets her uh uh her uh, big uh, break in Mulholland Drive, which yes. is 2001. Yep. But up until that point, she was, uh, you know, she was jet girl. Well, she was really struggling. She wasn't yeah. getting any any opportunities. She was and, in tank girl. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. And that was 96, 95. So
1: yeah, so it's uh, <sighs> we don't yeah, really take care of them, do we? <laughs> No, we really, we definitely didn't take care of Saskia Post. I think yeah. she just would have been fantastic in more things. Um, it's interesting that this film has a lot of dialogue, but it also feels inconsequential. Even the idea of a linear tale is barely noticeable. With the movie feeling more like a collage of experiences than, uh, and it's not until you get to the end and you've viewed the whole thing that you can kind of look back on it and go, "Oh, this is kind of one person's memory, and it's telling a particular story, isn't it?" Yeah. Um, and yeah, whether that's,
0: I guess, you know, Richard Lowenstein, the director, uh, would have been 25 when this was made, yeah, which he wrote in, um, it's a it's, guess, it's, it's essentially basically a lifting of his story from living in the same environment, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and yeah, I mean, we can all attest to what living in those sorts of <laughs> situations is like. And I was trying to sort of recall a lot of stuff, and it all becomes sort of obviously melds and warps into sort of a new narrative even that was six years seven years later that he wrote this it's like you know a decade yeah. two decades after living in those environments he just like oh, yeah it's sort of like a big poem
1: yeah <laughs> you know, i've got a grand
0: narrative that i'm sort of aware of but
1: yeah i i like that about it though mm. i think if it kind of had a a more natural path i think it would kind of date it yeah. a lot more yeah yeah, but yeah,
0: there's just, just definitely a sense of like, yeah, we're we're moving through like, all these people's universes, but the primary focal point is Michael Hutchinson's – Well, you know, the the memories are coming from Michael Hutchinson's Sam, who is, I guess, the antagonist, not so much as the lead.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he seems to be the only one who makes it as well in, yeah. in some way. He's got his parents take care of him, man. <laughs> mate. That is such a brutal scene. But uh, getting back to just the uh, lack of dialogue, it's, Mm. um, you know, I I love that there's a lack of dialogue at at the end as well. I think dialogue at the end of the film would have been something that weighed it down. And in uh, some ways, it also feels like a punk musical, Mm. because songs are important to the story and get to play out much longer than you'd normally experience in other films. And I, I was reading... Uh, Lowenstein Loewenstein said he was a big fan of Robert Altman's work and wanted the script to be a bit of a Rashomon-type style. And I think uh, in hindsight, knowing that's what he was intending, I think he did achieve that. Well, yeah, I
0: just listened to the soundtrack, which you can only really find on YouTube. Um, right. Yeah, I was about just, to say because it's... Just before we would logged on. And, yeah, it's literally 20 minutes shorter than the film. And I think most of the music does play out with just dialogue breaks.
1: Yeah, right.
0: But it's pretty similar. You can pretty much form the, you know, the head movie as you listen.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought uh, that that was part of what I loved about it and also uh, part of what made it feel timeless. Um, Was the divide between grown-ups and youths as pronounced as it appears in this movie? Like, it's it's so pronounced, isn't it? Because, like, this is my thought. I think they were from a physical point of view. I'd say people in their 40s and 50s are much fitter now than back then. Yeah, as you said, the Don's Party
0: scenario where you look at, you know, these people that are in their 30s and falling apart. Because <laughs> yeah, <they're>, Jesus. <laughs> because they've lived most of their adult life from the age of 18 to, 30, you know, their late 20s.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is sort of removed again because, like, I, I'm going to take a punt and say if Sam's in his roughly the same, is he 22 in this? Well I
1: don't know. Roughly But 22, yeah, I'm roughly 22, in his early to mid-20s with the, yeah.
0: you know. Um, his mum can't be more than, like, 40, 45. Yeah. Yeah, in that era, and she looks like a nan. The twin set and pearls. The yeah, the uh, you know the 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 whole aesthetic. You know, was like pretty much if you're forty, you're basically pensionable. It's over. (laughs) Yeah, God's well over.
1: Yeah, Uh, I'm too scared to ask my mum uh,
0: or investigate further on that one.
1: Really, (laughs) it's um, it's so funny, isn't it? And I I honestly think because people are physically fitter now. You know, they dress better. You yeah, know, they, I mean, don't, they don't go for frumpy clothes.
0: I read something the other day too where they just talked about people know about sunscreen and that sort of stuff now.
1: Because there was a, a discussion, <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, and I don't want to go down, I definitely don't want to go down this uh, path because it's regards Disney Plus as Obi-Wan, but there was a discussion about you McGregor versus Alec Guinness. Right. And McGregor being six years younger than Alec Guinness was. Oh, 20, really? Yeah, playing I Obi-Wan. I did not know that. Uh, so, yeah, there's that discussion of you know, Alec Guinness born in 1912, right? You uh, and McGregor born in this, you know, 1970, and sort of the changes in you know, self care and all the rest that have happened.
1: Poor, poor, So, century. Alec Guinness could barely swing a lightsaber, and it's also, yeah,
0: yeah, at 56, yeah, <laughs>
1: you don't yeah. need to, but um,
0: yeah, I mean, obviously, leaps and bounds in terms of nutrition and understanding of not smoking a pack every six hours, and yeah drinking a bottle of gin for
1: breakfast and all that sort of gift. Oh, yeah. Slip, slop, slap. That was yeah. the advert of our youth. Maybe just
0: lift something up. Maybe walk around the corner. Yeah. Just, yeah. just some basics. But yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's so funny to uh, see it. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that before we started talking, but this could be the kids of Don's party. Absolutely. Um,
0: yeah. I mean, you know, even, you know, like Michael Hutchins has that sort of funny transitory you know, between eras, look to him because he was like yeah. he was born in 1960. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the, even just the way they shoot people still gives that sense of like they weren't quite on to like not that I, not that I think hiding blemishes and everything is the way to go in, but modern cinema basically planes off everyone's imperfections. Right. Even someone like Michael Hutchins, who was our Lizard King, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he still looks like he's a human being.
1: Yeah, yeah, he yeah. certainly does. Yeah. He, you know, he, he looks like someone you might know. Yeah, yeah. You know, he. Uh, when when I was a kid, uh, Mum had a friend whose sister was dating a guy from an Adelaide band called Exploding White Mice. Uh, Martin and Martin. Yeah. That's what that's what Martin looked like. Yeah. You know, good looking guy. You Man. know, just in Adelaide playing in a punk band. You Big know,
0: velvet pants. Yeah, you know. absolutely.
1: <laughs> um, Question for you, have you ever seen a movie that involved heroin and found it to be romanticised and or appealing? Because I have not. It oh, always no. looks no terrifying yeah. to me. I've,
0: uh, no, I, I can't see anything appealing about the uh, yeah, injection of anything into your body. Uh, oh, no. I mean, you know, in a former life I have been around people who have done it legitimately and it's yeah. just a gross, gross process. And You know, blood, sick, like the whole deal. Just right. squalor, um, you know, the chase. Yeah, all of it's just yeah, not appealing in the slightest.
1: And I, I'm a little bit like a, like I'm probably a real square when it comes to stuff like that where, you know, someone will say, you know, back in the day where people that I knew who used heroin would say, oh, you just have no idea what the uh, high right. is like. And it's I'm, like, I'm well, well, I don't know. Like, I fucking love pasta with cheese on it. <laughs> Do i don't know? need to inject it
0: yeah yeah i mean yeah i've got a few pretty confronting memories of you know people who had, you know spent their you know who'd smoked it all their life and then someone's convinced them to shoot it up and it's all gone fucking terribly wrong and yeah just yeah there's nothing yeah you can't glamorize it
1: i don't know if you're thinking about what's actually happening you know, I was—I uh, felt much more comfortable with Sammy and uh, Anna when I just thought they were alcoholics. Yeah, that's
0: fine. Yeah, or and how they—how they're financing that too is beyond me. But you know,
1: no, well, I, I reckon or it's a you lot. Of, it for you. <coughs> well, it's a lot of borrowed money. Was, oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, Anna seems to be about the only one apart from the poor guy trying to study Lucio. <laughs> poor Lucio. He seems to be the only person who can. Him, mate. Yeah, he's the only one who can look beyond this this era. I mean, I was going to ask you
0: too. Like everyone's had that flatmate where you're just like, "How the hell have they managed to keep it together?" While everyone else is running completely rampant. Yeah. And there are these people with a laser-like focus on actually achieving something.
1: Yeah. He, <laughs> that you later look
0: back on and go, "Oh, actually,
1: maybe they were right. Uh, maybe they were onto something." Yeah. He felt like the Graham Blundell character from Don's Party yeah, as absolutely. well, but still, yeah. still, you know, a lefty. But. But then that just that bizarre introduction of his like um, girlfriend. Oh, so funny. So funny. But once again, if this is all Sam's memories, mm-hmm. yeah. that's how she would have been introduced. And mm-hmm. also there's that really, uh, I don't know if it's in it has to be intentional, but you know, when she uh, has the walk with Lucio and says, I'm pregnant, and I know it's not yours, but the baby's going to need a dad. And you can just very subtly kind of hear the Jaws music or a version of the Jaws music playing underneath. Didn't notice that, no, but... <laughs> It's, it's very, like, I reckon it's probably just one uh, sort of one note. Yeah, yeah, you know, just enough where you don't have to pay rights. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just just a nice bit of a hint. Uh, Honestly, but yeah. yeah, It's very funny too, you know, like the, I can't remember
0: his name, but like, you know, the house stud. Oh, he, yeah. <laughs> walk around without a shirt on. Yeah, just the, the sarong because he's, you know, just bringing a constant procession through the house. <laughs> so. Into that grotty, grotty, <laughs> awful house.
1: We've all had a futon mattress
0: on the floor for the majority of our 20s, right? Yeah. Oh, man,
1: yeah. What an awful thing to sleep on. Always seems like a good idea. So uh, cool, man. So cool. And also, those parties where people are, there's there's microaggressions that burst up and disappear mm-hmm. quite quickly. Well,
0: because everyone's off there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everyone's- the cocktail of what
1: everyone's on is complete, completely flammable. Yeah. 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 There's always that uh, the 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 girl who seems to always be angry, is yep. uh, reminded me of uh, a number of people that anytime you saw them turn up to a, a shindin, you'd be like, oh, they're going to be furious about I'm something. Like this, here we <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah, uh, a couple of questions about the movie that uh, I want to ask you uh, about your relationship to uh, the, the 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 mini road trip to uh, Ballarat. Uh, What's the best or the most fun road trip you've been on?
0: Uh, After we finished school,
1: uh,
0: Adelaide was clearly the closest place to go.
1: Yeah. How far Uh, away was that
0: to drive? Just a lazy five and a half hours. Yeah. Uh, And we could do it in five in my friend Adam's uh, champagne-coloured Telstar. Amazing. (laughs) Which had a uh, diffuser in the air conditioning unit so we could get the weed through. Right. (laughs) So right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, we'd go down in three or four cars, stay at the seawall apartments in Glenelg. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was like Revenge of the Nerds on Wheels. It was like jocks, the nerds, the whole gamut, <laughs> sort of completely clueless, converging on Adelaide. for I think the first time we did it was the big day out in 96. Yep. Um, you know, no idea how to behave <laughs> outside of, you know, our small sort of, you know, rural town. Um, bubble Uh, but yeah we would do that on a fairly regular basis Um, and in hindsight you know the highway patrol definitely let the team down quite a few times because like you know people were driving extremely stoned and you know all that ridiculous stuff oh yeah Uh, but yeah yeah, I mean that was a sort of yeah they were the major ones and I I look back on the people we're hanging out with and it was just like yeah definitely the time and the place uh, although I'm still in contact with Adam, uh, who's happily moved on from the vaporizer in the car, but
1: uh, <laughs> you know, it's always good to say that you did it. Uh, was yeah, that it around is. Magic Mountain? Yeah, it was.
0: It was. Uh, so you go down Jetty Road, hang yeah. a left at the Grand, and I don't know if it's still there. Um, but yeah, it was like a budget accommodation. So you, you know, fifteen of you could get it for like fifty bucks each for the weekend. Yeah, great. And then right. you know, just like crash on the floor or whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, what was the? What, who was that? The big day out? Uh, Ninety six Sound Garden, last yep. Sound Garden show, I think. Um, yeah, it's all a bit of a blur, to be honest. I had an Astro Boy T shirt. I know that.
1: Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was the first Boy. time I took my took my shirt off
0: at a gig, mate. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Yes, I was. Yes, leaps and bounds. Once we'd left home. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's funny. Uh, we I uh, so when I was in the Bunter Boys, probably the like the most rock and roll kind of lifestyle that we uh, got to experience was um, we were approached by the Adelaide band, the Clowns of Decadence. Yep. And we were asked if we would like to go and do a show with them, and because we were, you know, twenty-one and did not even contemplate for a moment that opening for a punk rock clown band would be anything but fun. Uh, We went to Murray Bridge and uh, opened for them there and uh, remarkably had... I think it was so confusing. uh, That band was known for, uh, you know, having magicians come out and do stuff and all sorts of things. So having us come out in our camouflage pants and our Bunter Boys t-shirts doing song parodies of everlasting love changing it to everlasting thrush uh appeared to be quite a big hit and then uh, the clowns came out did this big concert everyone went nuts and then we were at the bar afterwards and uh, the leader of the band uh, uh craig spencer uh my character's name on stage used to be jezza and he's like hey jezza come here and uh i he pulled me over. He calls out to Damien, whose stage name was Dougie. He said, Dougie, come here. And then he just goes behind the bar, pulls out two cartons of beer, gives them both to us and says, Run, run back to the flats. <laughs> so we run back to the flats. And uh we always for ages thought, Wow, how rock and roll. We just stole two cartons of beer from the uh from the from the pub that we and the bar that we just performed at and just got smashed with the boys back at the pub. Uh, it turned out that was part of their rider that was just uh, Craig having some fun but at, uh, at the over, time yeah. it felt a rider to that point but yeah you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> didn't know you could take it with you and uh, that was back in the day when you were allowed to so uh, so Five watching The team fantastic oh, they were fantastic they were the, they were i reckon they were the best time to be alive in the history of life because yeah. well the berlin wall had come down technology yep. was history had ended well technology was yeah. better it didn't feel like we would have nuclear war um the the it was the internet was only only coming into fruition yeah. so we didn't have anything like social media or anything and uh you know the 2000 we you know we were leading the worst thing we had to worry about was that the clocks were going to go to zero and all the planes were going to fall out of the sky cuz computers couldn't had w- hadn't been programmed to be able to do with that yeah, I mean that's the that, have you read Chuck klosterman's book about no, the no yeah
0: that's that's yeah that's pretty much what covers the entire gamut of why it was actually pretty good yeah, uh, and, yeah. and like
1: music was uh exciting and there was uh there was a correlation between the sixties and the nineties it mm-hmm. was that you know there was that looking back anyway it was all fantastic I was, was having a-, a listen
0: to uh Michael Hutchinson's posthumous solo album um X? Off the back of watching this. Uh, no, no, it's just Michael Hutchins. It's just. Uh, oh, okay. Came yep. out in 99. Right. And so it's two years after he passed away. And um, I mean, that just gave me the 90s feels because at some point it seems like they all just decided they had that sort of one drum pattern and like, you know, there was that sort of like late night, like Bowie doing um, hours. Oh, yeah. Definitely similar sort of sound to that in yeah. some senses. It's worth checking out. Um, yeah. But, yeah, just that sort of electronic or infused rock or pop music of the late 90s especially really gets me now. Yeah. Whereas at the time I would have been like Fear Factory and, you know, all the
1: rest. But yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Just, just the softer stuff. It's quite good, actually.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then September 11 happened and uh, the 21st century Velvet kicked fuckers. in, and went, in yeah. and went into a direction that, uh, mm. and here we That's are, totally are today. Totally <laughs> It's all going fine. It's totally fine. It's all going Fine. Uh, the, the big party at the house where the TV is burned and the cops turned up is an all-timer. What's the best party you've been a part of? Um, so they live at 18 Berry Street, Richmond in this, which is off Punt
0: Road. Right. Uh, we lived at 10 Palmer Street, as I mentioned, Fitzroy, which is uh, just off Nicholson Street. Yep. Uh, adjacent to the Carlton Museum or the Melbourne Museum. Uh, And we moved in in 2009 and we had a, and we're all basically, I was working three days a week in an advertising agency and somehow managed to go out on Thursday night and come home on Monday afternoon as part of that because I didn't realise you'd actually get another job. Right. (laughs) You already had a job. This is is fine. Like, what are you talking about? Um, So, yeah, we had a housewarming, I think it was February the 13th, 2009. Yep. That went until the monday morning uh, we lived across from the catholic church and a catholic nursing home so we decided a great idea would be to project rolling stones documentary Cocksucker blues onto the lane wall funny <laughs> across the- anyway um yeah it was pretty That's so I'll- funny i won't spoil lots of it because it is in my next book to some right. extent but yeah um Yeah, I mean, multiple police visits, multiple scene changes, you know, ended up all over the place. Technically call it the same party. Uh, My housemate, uh, who's a very old friend of mine, wandering around his underpants playing, you know, Star Spangled Banner on the Monday morning to get everyone out of the house. Um, So funny. Tex Perkins and Tim Rogers on the Saturday night that I wasn't there, apparently rocked up. Uh, Yeah, it was a good, solid Fitzroy party that you probably couldn't get away with anymore. Yeah, where were you on the Saturday? Uh, At the DTs in Richmond with all my drag queen friends. uh, Right. Just to see uh, a certain
1: cleaner that worked there. Right. (laughs) Funny. (laughs) That is so funny. Shout out to Aunty Jeff, uh, if you're still with us. (laughs) If you're still with us, fingers crossed. Man, what a, you know, Uh, they're the kind of parties that you look back on and you're like, I'm so glad that I experienced them.
0: I feel privileged that we made it through them all and, you know, had the, you know, had the sort of brakes put on at some point. But, yeah, I mean, that was definitely couldn't yeah, – you definitely wouldn't even contemplate doing it now. But um,
1: Well, I remember oh. uh, we, we had a party in uh, Adelaide where there was a, a guy walking around with acid trips cut in half on plates like they were hors yep. d'oeuvres. And that, everyone, that's was on a Saturday night. I can tell you in a sec. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> no, go on. <laughs> oh, no,
0: I just, just had the flash of the memory and it could be me, like, uh, sort of stitching things together. But pretty sure we went – to a, uh, another prominent Melbourne um, identities house in that vicinity okay. uh, and dudes in roller skates with the trays of, like, the coke in their underpants situation. Yeah, right. The, uh, yeah. Uh, certainly I... no one who's related to this film uh, would have been involved in that.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm going to... I... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the
0: opposite
1: could be wrong with this, but I'm going to write down who it is. You can take a punt. Hold it up to the, yep, thumbs up. I got it right, who that personality is. Uh. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) I got it pretty quickly as well.
0: Karate pants and, you know, Bruce Lee T-shirt and everyone else and then undies, yep, and the hot tub and the, Yep.
1: yep. Yep. I reckon anyone who lived in Melbourne who has any idea about what the scene was like. And the geography of
0: where the DTS are compared yeah, to yeah. The,
1: certain other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If 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 you're at home and you're guessing a certain person, uh, I you are allegedly correct. allegedly. Yeah, we're not saying who it is. No. I literally held it up <laughs> like I was uh, being held captive by some <laughs> terrorist organization. Um, Sorry, so, no, you're saying yeah, yeah. No, no. So we had this uh, party where the uh, dude was walking around with the 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 acid trips like they were canapes. And we, uh, the party really kicked off and then we got the bright idea uh, that we got, uh, one of the guys that lived there, we got his wardrobe and we had little uh, handheld axes and we carved out the back of the wardrobe. So it it was completely backless. And then we pushed that in front of the entrance to the lounge and we put all the booze in there and we set up the DJ and we uh, had, we used to work at Bolt's Cafe and it had an upstairs bar uh, so we had lights and stuff like that there. And then we took on roles. So uh, Mal was the bouncer. Uh, Stewie and I were the money men. And our friend Blenz was the ideas men. I remember Stewie and I were wearing feather boas. And we opened up and called the nightclub World Wardrobe. And it went brilliant. Everyone came, had a really good time. And at three in the morning, we shut it down and kicked everybody out. And... uh we went. We snuck into the city. Uh, we were only in North Adelaide, so it wasn't that far. We snuck into Bolt's Cafe, got more booze, got more lights, got the got the ice machine, brought it in, and then an hour later, reopened as World War Job Two, and nobody would come in because they liked the old place better. <laughs> so Stewie and I were standing in there by ourselves for about an hour, and then eventually, everyone starts coming in, and at like five in the morning, it was packed. I remember wearing this feather boa and turning to Stewie and saying, without any sense of irony, "I remember when no one used to come here and having a really full-on discussion about how we'd done the right thing by sticking by our guns." Really, everyone just came in because that's where the booze was and that's where the music was. Makes sense, Adelaide. Like- but, <laughs> but World Wardrobe oh, yeah. and World Wardrobe too are fond memories for me. That once again, I'm glad that I experienced and have no urge to return to. One,
0: one uh, just briefly, um, thinking about that the road trip question before the other. A specifically, Adelaide memory of those trips is heaven too. Oh yes, heaven too. Just yeah, the, yeah, and basically being convinced you're going to be stabbed in the kidney every time you turned up
1: to. Kind of, a, but also weirdly, a very good r- room to see bands in. Mm. I think I saw Alex Lloyd there, and maybe take that bit out. Uh, <laughs> <but> yeah. <laughs> Poor Alex. Lloyd. But yeah,
0: terrifying. Yeah, terrifying. After what midnight, one o'clock, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I saw cake there. I saw oh, they yeah. might be giants. I saw Michael Franti. I got yep. tickets to see Michael Franti. So that could and have been I ran that big day out too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And well, yeah, yeah. And well, I did also perform there with mm-hmm. a young Will Anderson. Uh, this was when I was in the Bunce Boys. A young Will Anderson, uh, Sue Suan Post. Uh, Judith Lucy. It was a pretty big lineup, yeah. and uh, we only sold uh, roughly eighty tickets, and it was a massive failure because it was the day that Princess Diana died, and nobody wanted oh. to go out. Oh, no, How oh, weird! Ninety-seven. Yeah. What? What a weird thing to kind <laughs> of, uh, you know, it, it's weird. There's there's certain deaths that bring back very weird specific memories, mm. like most people would say. Oh, yeah, Princess Diana died. Yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was just cooking dinner, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, I had a failed gig with Will like Emerson.
0: Tickets, assholes. Come on. Yeah.
1: Well, it's, like, um, it's like John Lennon's death mm. was the day that I won most improved and second best player for <laughs> my first year of basketball for Croydon Primary School. And really no one giving a shit about my awards, which yeah. – Seems to have set a pattern for the rest of my career. But anyway, let's not get uh, negative about things. Don't worry about it. It's all right. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, funnily enough, even though Michael Hutchins is really good in the role, I can't stand Sam. Uh, the way he treats Anna, his lack of hygiene, the way he kicks Tim out of the band, I think that's a fucking deceptively awful scene mm-hmm. and made better by Tim's reaction to it. Uh, and the way he treats his mum makes me root for everyone else so my question to you is does my reaction to sam officially make me middle-aged i'd like to say probably
0: uh i mean i I can you know i can see exactly the parallels and you know um loathe yourself for the way you behaved at that age but yeah he's a dickhead oh Uh, he's awful yeah a little shit um yeah completely yeah Yeah, a little nihilist really, isn't he? Yeah, like a a little feral tourist because, you know, once we see his mum's actually, you know, getting him fed and taken care of and,
1: you know, he's sort of – he's living a bit of a lie as well, isn't he? Well, it makes you wonder, like, is he one of those awful – like, I reckon there's a lot of those kids there who come from nothing. Yeah. I mean, he's
0: slumming it, yeah, entirely, like a trust fund sort of – situation. yeah, not trust fund, but, you know, like, he's got – you know, and you know, Lowenstein in one of the interviews I read admits that you know, there were a fair percentage of people in that scenario that were there by choice, yeah, uh, because you're just sort of you know, that's the lifestyle you live before you're flicking, you know, flipping the bird,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I feel sorry for the mum because there's the not just the way she's treated, but uh, quite clearly the father's dead, yes, yeah, and yeah. she's just kind of sitting at home by herself. I I feel sorry for, you know, when... His mum's
0: just exploiting her, yeah.
1: Yeah, and then, you know, even Anna, when she has the, you know, when she sees Sam making out with that young girl for the briefest of moments, you know, she's at home with a very nice mum. And, and yeah, that's just that
0: very sort of, yeah, that the framing of that shot, like she's almost breastfeeding him too. Yeah. Like she's, you know, thinking of, you know, what life she might be potentially going to have if it's not sort of ruined. As we yeah, know. yeah. Why, well, she's,
1: uh, you know, she's got work and she's got options as well. Yeah. But she's just kind of, I don't know, there's something about Sam's charisma. That oh, it's man, at, it's, and it's a, just a, that band like, dynamic.
0: Like you just see it every, you know, or well you did anyway. I don't know about now, but, you know, there was always like the, the girlfriend that probably had her shit together more than the yeah. charismatic guitarist or singer. Yeah. Stuck around because that was going to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, you feel like the, uh, you know, there's the woman who turns up uh, who wants to put on the benefit who Mm. uh, seems very sincere and she's also very smart and has a job. And it feels like she's, you know, she would potentially be the next Anna, right? Like Mm. she could end up uh, hooking up with someone there and being the devoted socialist.
0: Very devoted socialist.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, as the movie progressed, I felt that Sam had to die. I, I'd, I'd never seen this movie before, mm. as well, so I had no idea what was going to happen. I, I hadn't done any reading on it deliberately. Uh, I was always aware of it, but just had never seen it. So I, I kind of f- felt that Sam had to either die uh, physically or maybe emotionally, because this version of him was just not going to get yeah. past twenty-five. You know, he was he was absolutely useless. And then Nana dies, and at first it feels really unfair, but in hindsight it makes even more sense. And uh, her death scene is one of the most affecting scenes, but or maybe not the one of it. It is the most affecting scene in the movie for me. Everything from her walking through the home one last time, entering the limo, uh, the you know the the reactions of uh, heartbreaking,
0: and that Iggy Pop Pop song, um, "Endless Sea," is just yeah like twist the knife so hard. <laughs> yeah i'd forgotten that yeah i'd forgotten what happened it'd been quite a while since i'd seen it and yeah yeah um, when i yeah when i twigged again i was like oh christ it, <laughs> yeah it, just, it, just a that, really yeah sorry no no go on oh just in terms just the marriage of like the um soundtrack and you know the the switch into that sort of dreamlike you know atmosphere of like oh shit uh, yeah, this isn't yeah, good. This isn't this good is... at all. Hmm.
1: Well, I didn't even like uh I didn't even like it when she first started dabbling. It felt like, uh you know, your um your constitution is not gonna be built for this. Hmm. So I but I thought it might have just been a slide into not being good at work or something. Do you know what I mean? Or losing yep. options like that. I guess the film couldn't really finish any other way, right?
0: I don't think so, no. I mean when we know, you know, when we see how it plays out after this scene, uh, and he sort of lucked into a career maybe because of his experiences,
1: yeah, or you know,
0: and is that Lowenstein to some degree, sort of, yeah, what not that his career particularly went, I mean, he's made a lot of interesting films but didn't hit the stratosphere like that, but uh, um, no. yeah.
1: It's interesting that his uh, career didn't, because uh, this is a pretty remarkable film. Uh, It feels like um, when when you get to the end, and once again you now see that Sam is, uh, you know, this new wave star. uh, Is is the movie literally his emotions of what he's feeling when he's uh, singing that song?
0: I think you're right, yeah. Um, I hadn't... Connected those dots, but yeah, I think it, it probably is. I mean, it's the sort of culmination of all of his experiences that are, yeah. You know, as you said, they're not really linear. The film potentially takes place over months, yeah, if not a year or so. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's just the, it's the sort of uh, sense memory of all that stuff fed into his lyrics. Yeah, Ro- room for the memory. I think the song's called "Or Memory." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um,
1: yeah it's uh, I, I, look, I was really enjoying the film anyway. And I think the way that they nailed the ending is what actually, mm. you know, I, I think it's a really underrated Australian movie. It's like yeah, oh, this, this movie needs to be seen by a lot more people. I think it's so important. I think I actually, I think I actually saw it with Lowenstein uh, presenting it at,
0: at the Blu-ray launch. Right. I think in 2000, I'm up, yeah, this could be another confected memory, but I definitely saw him presenting it somewhere. It might have been yeah. at the Melbourne Film Festival even. Oh, that would have been cool. Um, yeah. Um, but, yeah, on the big screen too, like, a lot of the, the colour and the cinematography really pops. And, yeah, it, it deserves a re-release. It's been, I mean, it's 35 years this last year, 36 yeah. years. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, they, they should definitely uh, get it back out there. But also, um, uh, you know, getting into uh, – oh, actually – I'll get into some of the reviews of it yeah. uh, in a sec, but um, I know Lowenstein copped some criticism from his friend, a uh, uh, friend, Sam Say- Sayavaka, is yeah. that how you pronounce it?
0: Sayavaka? yeah,
1: who was the front man of Melbourne punk band The Ears. He complained that this is how Lowenstein remembered it, but this isn't how it happened, which ironically, Lowenstein agrees with uh, because... And the film this is, sort
0: of does that anyway, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, this is a fictional retelling of a time that they all spent together and it is one person's memories. Mm. Just don't call the lead character Sam. Maybe that's all you need to do.
0: <laughs> I mean, it is. we do know that, you know, it is based on his former
1: girlfriend having an overdose too, but yeah, just separate things a bit more maybe in that... Regard. So, so do you think he over- crossed a moral boundary or do you think in Lowenstein's head calling him Sam was a tribute to Sam and Sam's seen it as a? You okay, know- I, I
0: don't know what the timeline is. I mean, you t- I mean they were all 25 yeah. when this came out and I would say that there'd still be like a level of earnestness and, you yeah. know, tribute to your friend. I mean, I'm not sure if it's because uh, Sam Sefiaka's career, you know, as a musician Continued, but didn't really take off. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've looked at, I checked out some interviews with him semi recently, and he's a writer, and he's a really lucid. You know, speaks really beautifully about the scene in the late seventies and eighties.
1: Yeah, but yeah, and he and also he, seems to have calmed down on that. Yeah, rhetoric yeah, um Too yeah. hasn't he? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, anyway, he was in a, the band that he formed after this was called Bear Garden. Right, and they were great fun. I had a quick look around at that, and um, there's so much stuff to dig up after having watched, having seen this again as well. Just yeah. investigating all these, you know, tributaries in terms of the music is really exciting.
1: Yeah, yeah. You you uh, you, you forget about uh, early Nick Cave as well, like because hmm. he's been around for so long and he's so uh, embedded in our consciousness yep. of what he is now. And then you go back and you go, oh, that's right.
0: Oh, look at him in St Kilda in like 1978.
1: He could have yeah. Yeah, he would have stabbed you. <laughs> As soon as I yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Party stuff, yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the ending of the movie, I thought, was quite fascinating. And uh, so, the, you know, of course I would uh, – I, I saved this to last for you. Mm. But, uh, you know, Sam has moved on from punk to new wave, you know, in the big baggy suit and the, now he's yep. got, you know, the cleanish hair and, you know, seems to have all his shit together. Uh, so in hindsight, I feel like there's something interesting in the use of Bowie as the icon in this film. Uh, yeah. Funnily enough, none none of his music, but he uh, it's a it's a the 1978 uh, stage tour, mm-hmm. which is coming off the back of the uh, Berlin trilogy, and uh, he's just about to help usher in new wave with Scary Monsters, and then he, from there he goes uh, full blue eyed soul with Let's Dance, which was. Literally, the album he created to get back all the millions of dollars he'd been ripped off from his manager. So by the time we see Sam all cleaned up and a big star in the end, it feels like, in retrospect, you know, as I said, this is what he's feeling when he sings the final song. So what I want to ask you is, where does Sammy go after his big hit of fame? Uh,
0: Pardon
1: you Wave. Do you
0: think he ever... Um... Do you think he ever gains success out, outside of Australia? Would be my first question. Do you think he becomes an international star, or he's he's like a lot of these guys who don't really break outside of? Because in 1986, Jimmy Barnes was supposed to audition for Van Halen, for example.
1: Yeah, right, right. <laughs> a lot of so, us, yeah. yep. So I'll give you my answer, yep. and that will as which I but that'll answer your question. Uh, well, okay, I rec- we'll just yep, 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 go for it. I reckon he's on a Countdown Arena tour with Uncanny X-Men, Pseudo Echo and Kids in the Kitchen. Yep. Yep.
0: Uh, I've got a timeline that i <laughs> roughly formed, uh, which is probably after that where he ends up on a fancy, right uh, album, you know, one of those sort of early 90s sort of like package tours. Yeah, uh, Completely bottoms out there. That's um, the typical thing, becoming a big fat guy in his 40s. Oh, no. Maybe lose this isn't gonna be super depressing. Living on the royalties for most of that era. Yeah. Uh, then Lord covers his original single.
1: Oh yeah, right. Gets it. Yeah.
0: Yep. Uh, thrust back into the limelight, goes on the masked singer. And he's back out there now at the age of sixty-two. Yeah. Uh, probably doing smaller rooms, like yeah. the forum or something. <clears> yeah. And Elbow gives Jacinda his first album as a mint copy, a mint copy of his first album the other day. Amazing. Uh but he's back. But he's back. Maybe doing you know Diesel supporting or something.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, it's probably co-headliner. Co-headlining, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, not is sure it if acoustic he's got his original hair or not? Ah, uh, oh, does he have the original hair? That's actually a good question. Does he? I mean, he... Yeah, I mean
0: the, just the, the, the straight up question is: Where would Michael Hutchins be now that you know at the same age? So that's twenty five years ago.
1: Yeah, it's so the uh, you know a, apart from the tragedy of him dying, mm-hmm. I you know you know so in excess to that uh, reality TV show to find a lead singer JD Fortune, jo- yeah, and then they release um, that album and mm-hmm. then but if you kind of listen to the singles and you listen to the music, you go, oh fuck would excess of had a resurgence for a while there if it was Michael Hutchins with Michael Hutchins yeah I lyrics mean, and singing doing that classic sort of 10 years in
0: the wilderness as a solo artist and then coming back when they need to well
1: well the music sounded pretty good yeah it sounded pretty you know like they, they felt like they were solid tracks
0: yeah and then uh, uh, was that before or after John Stevens from Noiseworks did he take uh, over after the reality show?
1: Uh, I don't know. Was it John Stevens? And then there was Terence Trent D'Arby for a yeah. while. <laughs> See, that sounded cool. I'd be into that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, always had a bit of a soft spot for Terence Trent D'Arby. Sign your name. Yep. <laughs> was, was it wasn't the 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 talk on uh, TTD that his ego just got way out of control and couldn't be told? Like that first album was a masterpiece, and then, well, then he went yeah, even I'm harder. In.
0: You have reminded me of the song, She Kissed Me Now, that I'm going to look up later on. Oh,
1: man, that was the first song that I thought of, and that's not even from that album, but that song is a fucking scorcher. Yeah, that that rips. Yeah, that's a uh, – welcome to to Double J. uh, Yeah, it feels uh, feels comfortable, to be honest. I think post-1995. (laughs) No, no, it's good. Uh, I'm I'm not going to make any – I got nothing to do until about two thirty, three o'clock. So we can. Yeah. Do this. no, you've got Barry, but after that, you leave the last half hour. After the has I'll do it tonight. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, it'll be good. But um, yeah, no, it's it's funny to think where Sam might go. I reckon he still has his hair, but yeah. it just looks not quite as good on his mm. much rounder face.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's the same thing. It's like you see these sort of uh, projections of what Jim Morrison will be like in the. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> like age seventy-eight or whatever it is so you know yeah uh, yeah. Yeah, what a, I do feel like he's having a resurgence now. I think um, yeah. I like one Someone that. relatively cool brings him back five or six years ago and he's yeah, maybe having a little bit of a a run around this around the small, medium sized venues now.
1: Who who's the Australian uh, Michael Hutchins now? Like who would be the equivalent uh, like not I don't mean young, mm. but who would fit that bill now of if, if he was still alive? Oh I don't know. Yeah, because I was thinking it would be kind of fun to do – Loewenstein could do a movie about Sam now on that resurgence tour. All right, here's a,
0: something I wasn't going to talk about, but maybe 15 years ago or so I was walking down a lane in Richmond and a guy who was allegedly a TV producer approached me, as you do in lanes, and asked me if I wanted to be an extra in his Michael Hutchence bio <laughs> TV series, I think it was.
1: yeah. Uh, How yeah. have
0: I not known the story? So hand, I'll, I'll, put, I'll put my hand up, sure. Yep. A, bit of, a bit of aging makeup, a bit of Elvis action. Um, this is great. We're off.
1: we we'll have to get you. You're a bit too fit.
0: We'll but to... also, this was living around the corner from the DTs, and it quite could just quite as easily have been, and come back to my house and, uh, yeah, get in the hot
1: tub, buddy. But, you know. Ha, have I'll a very say. different story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I'll, good. Either's fine. <laughs> We'll get you, uh, I don't want you to put on weight for the role because you're at an age now where it'll be too much to to lose it again. So we'll just get you a a slightly chubby uh, suit. let's
0: get the the Tom Hanks one from the upcoming Baz Luhrmann atrocity.
1: And we'll do do what they did with Pete on uh, Mad Men. We'll shave your hairline (laughs) back just a little bit further just to, you know.
0: That's going to be rough. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, it's going to be great. It's going to be a career-defining role. You should be wrapped with that. Hey, uh, a, cu- a couple of quick notes. It's funny seeing how uh, there's the low culture icons of the time, like Spider-Man and Superman, in the background of a story about disaffected youths on the fringes of culture. Man, strange, those, yeah, that has uh, those images would cost you millions now to use, wouldn't they? Yeah,
0: and they were like the '60s ones, weren't they? Like,
1: uh, yeah, they were Kirby, yeah. Kirby, uh, Kirby, Spider-Man, Kirby yeah, this- Thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I saw uh, when I was watching Licorice Pizza at the end they had uh thanks for being able to use the title for a James right. Bond movie, and right. it's like, do you have to get rights to even just use titles now? Did not know that. Right. Okay. Well, that feels strange, doesn't it? If anyone knows, I can't please reference it. Yeah. So oh, that reference to James Bond, I definitely know. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's strange. Yeah. But I, guess. I don't. I don't understand how these things work anymore. There, there's a part of me that, like, I think you should always pay for rights to use music and stuff like that. I I always believe that, but I also think that, like, you know, when they say something's too expensive, mm-hmm. and you think, well, it might be quite good for, you know, sales if your your song ends up in a good movie and then, yeah. You know, it reminds people. Like, I, you don't want to give it out to everybody, but you you hear a lot of music is yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just way out of uh, the pricing range. Like, I understand why the Beatles stuff is really expensive because, you know, it's the Beatles, so they don't really need it. Like, I think it was uh, $250,000 to use Tomorrow Never Knows for the awesome. finale of uh, that Mad Men episode, mm-hmm. which I would argue is money well spent because it's actually an important plot point yeah. in the story. And, yeah, it pays people. off, yeah. 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 Um reviews for this movie were f- weird uh thanks for sending these through to me uh Pat Lloyd who has the quote great scenes foul language that was like the big part of the review and uh dogs in space may appeal to the young but they're not allowed to go. It certainly will not appeal to only repel the mature movie fan like um or oh, oh. yeah like. Seriously, like, was, was movie going that conservative back then? I mean, yeah, but it sounds almost like, have you seen the Common Sense Media website? No, which one's that? It basically just ruins
0: films so that you know that your kids, if there's like a, you know. Oh, if,
1: yes, I do know this. <laughs> well, yeah. they just go
0: through this laundry list of, like, potentially upsetting elements. Right. And, and rate it out of five. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, old Pat probably wasn't, having, you know, having a great time, had <laughs> the best yeah. of times,
1: probably, yeah. you know, yeah. Pat was catching up with fucking Don and yeah. uh, complaining world, about War- their kids.
0: Never set up world, world Wardrobe or anything like
1: that. No, um, no never did. You know, yeah. um, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, uh, you know, the, the, the great thing about art is it allows you to experience emotions in a safe place that mm. you normally don't get to experience. And, uh, you know, Dogs in Space, like... There was nothing confronting about that film. It was, you know, it was really fascinating Mm. and uh, I thought it was really well made and quite lyrical and, as I said, almost like a punk musical. The movie that I did see recently for the first time after uh, Ben Elwood suggested this would be an everything, everywhere, all at once experience at the cinema, and it was not,
0: Mm. was the
1: original Old Boy. Oh, right. Which I have never seen before. Oh, right. (laughs) Mm. Have you seen it? I I saw it when it came out. So that's yeah. what, nearly twenty years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I saw it,
0: yeah, I saw it at Dendi uh, in um, yeah in the city. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So you know, it's one of those movies that if you're paying attention, you can kind of work out what the twist is going to be, mm-hmm. and uh, not it's it's not because it's you're showing any aptitude to reading between the lines. It's kind of the way the story's playing out. If you're paying attention, yes. you go, oh. Yes. And about 50, 55 minutes into the film, I, I worked out what the twist was going to be. And then I sat there for the last hour just hoping that I was wrong, which I was not. And, uh, you know, that is that is a confronting film. That is a really, really confronting yes. film. Yeah, and, it, yeah. and it was so funny to be... Uh, you know, banging on about, yeah, cinema is uh, a place where you can experience things in a safe place. And then I kind of came out of that film going, Jesus Christ, what did I just experience? But But I'm glad I experienced it.
0: Yeah, fantastic, isn't
1: it? Yeah. They
0: they ended up making, they remade that with Josh Brolin, or I think they were going to.
1: Isn't it uh, remade uh, by, of all people, um, uh, uh, I've just drawn a blank on this very famous Spike Lee.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah,
1: yeah. Which is uh, <laughs> yeah. why waste on. why waste that couple of years Spike on? <laughs> so it was remade in 2013, and you are correct. It has hmm. Josh Brolin, Elizabeth Olsen, Samuel L. Jackson, uh, Pom Clemente. Oh, Cherito yeah. Copley, Michael Impori, Imperioli uh, yep. from Sopranos, I was and was Rami say, Ma- Mantis, of course, for Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, and and uh, Freddie Mercury, Rami Malik. All right, okay, yeah, good cast. What a bizarre movie to decide. You know what we need to do? An American version of this oh, one. Oh, well, you know,
0: people don't like uh, subtitles, man. Subtitles.
1: People do not like subtitles. I like to read at the best times. Oh, man. It is fascinating to me. I was talking about the Apple TV series Pachinko to a friend and was talking about how, because it seamlessly goes between English, Korean, and Japanese, the subtitles change colors so you can know no. which language is which. And as soon as I said subtitles, my friend just clicked off. Nah.
0: Nah You go, okay, great Well, you watch it with the dubbing And see how
1: fucking shit it is then, guys Mate, dubbing's the <laughs> fucking worse. Yeah I didn't realise
0: that Yeah, yeah I, well, I was, When I started Squid Games, I was like And I'd, I'd totally forgotten That like the subtitles must have been on Because, you know I, We'd just They were on And I was like yeah. Oh, shit uh, Sorry, the dubbing was on I didn't realise It actually did have subtitles For the first probably 20 minutes
1: Yeah, right I was like, okay Back to the subtitles, thanks <laughs> I went to watch uh, Squid Games at the time when it first came out, and I. Uh, this is not a comment on it on its quality, but I realized I just wasn't up for it at the time. Yeah, I didn't
0: last too long. Um, ended up going with Hellbound, I think, which is another South Korean thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, uh, show about, you know, much more uplifting about people who go to, uh, who get told they're going to go to hell and get flipped Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, including children and all the rest.
1: Yeah. Isn't that good to know? Yeah. Uh, Getting back to the yep. couple of quick points for this film, favourite band name had to be Thrush and the Cunts.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a gimme, isn't it? Uh, Just so well, good. Primitive Calculators is a pretty good name, but yeah. And then oh, yeah. Pr- Primitive Calculators music too, like in terms of that sort of like the noise aspect, noise yeah. rock aspect were pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, Thrush and the Cunts, you can't really go past that. Hello, American friends.
1: Oh, yeah, hello. <laughs> uh, Primitive Calculators, though, that is actually a... Fantastic name as well. All the band stuff was really good. Felt like uh, a lot of uh, Joy Division fans mm. uh,
0: uh,
1: as lead singers. Uh, yeah, of the, well. the post-punk sort of stuff going on, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed uh, the, uh, mid-80s goth like, Yeah. You know, of mercy guys.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I also loved that even in this, uh, you know, in this alternative scene, how important Countdown was. Yes. Not
0: Making any callbacks here, but yeah,
1: a lot of, yeah, references to uh, our
0: friend Ian, uh, yeah, throughout, yeah. uh, yeah, and it was RR, great, triple R, um, you know, a lot of those touchstones that have been around
1: for a long yeah. time now. The uh, it's it's hard for people who are of a certain age to realize how important Molly was to the uh, music scene, and it's one of the many reasons to mm. have bad memories towards count uh, to hey hey saturday yeah. for the yeah, way Lord molly got turned into a punchline yeah. when he genuinely was breaking all sorts of music like, and also you know yeah. I, re- I remember i remember him being really fucking angry when uh sh- what was it charlene's i've been to paradise but i've never been to me was still number 1 like oh. he was really angry yeah i loved it
0: yeah, yeah. i mean yeah what it's easy. what Going on fifty years now. Yeah. Like, countdown would have been started in 72, 73.
1: Yeah, something like that. Yeah I, mean,
0: yeah. I mean, just I mean, you've lived in Melbourne for quite a long too. Just like seeing how, you know, the obviously gentrification and everything, but still that sort of you could just still feel the authentic Melbourne-ness of it up to a certain point that maybe ended, I don't know, when Jeff Kennett got into power or something, or maybe yeah. just after he left. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
0: know, even just, you know, as recently in inverted commas, is still going to the tote and then, you know, you could smoke. Yeah. And all that sort of gear. Uh, yeah. Still lives in that bubble, which is completely gone now, obviously. And yeah. Know, a, lot of it, a lot of it isn't to be missed because it was pretty, pretty scummy too. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely no. a lot of nos- nostalgia buttons hit.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, where Anna is buried is a real bummer. I hope that's just some part of. Sam's weird memory too. I was like,
0: going—is that the only plot in the cemetery? Yeah, that's oh, what that I was feeling.
1: Yeah, and it's just like there's no fence. It's
0: like it looks awful. I wonder where it was. It could have just been like an oval or something they'd gone to to you know set up some props. Yeah, for the scene.
1: Well, that's that's part of what makes me feel that mm. it's a. Um, yeah. You know, it's all his memory, and you know, or the emotions that he's feeling when he's singing this song at the end. Uh, what do you reckon's the over under on the number of cigarettes smoked in this movie? Uh, I
0: mean, like you said, you had lung issues, but I still feel like it makes you know smoking definitely looks way cooler on film than doing smack ever will. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it didn't make me want a cigarette, but it certainly you know oh me, didn't revolt me as much
1: as. Oh man, it's like thing. it's literally just because having a cold. It was mm. like oh, you know. I uh, my guess is that there were twenty five hundred. Twenty five hundred. Yeah, I reckon there was at least twenty five hundred. Fifty cartons. Yeah. Fifty my cartons f- of the Marlboro Reds. The- I, I only just found out how much a carton of cigarette a uh, 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 a pack of cigarettes costs now. I, I had uh, no yeah. idea.
0: Yeah. Um. I went on behalf of a mate who I was visiting at his property uh to grab some pouches of tobacco for him. Yeah. On the way through, and yeah. rang up the. And it was like that part alone was nearly two hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, Jesus Christ! <laughs> two pouches of tobacco. And a I feel pack of
0: like it was like fifty or sixty bucks. Isn't yeah,
1: it? yeah. I feel like that's the best way to get kids uh, out of smoking—just <laughs> price them out of it. Well, uh, get alcohol, you know. That's the,
0: yeah. yeah <laughs> they're going to tax
1: that. Yeah, you can still get a 7 dollars seven ninety nine uh, <laughs> Fruity Lexia. Uh, Goons. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I worried about that baby sheep for the rest of the film. Uh, ah. I choose to believe it escaped and lived a prosperous life somewhere in Brunswick. It could have gone Ka- to the children's farm. Maybe the Collingwood children's farm. Yeah, not too yeah. far from Richmond. Yep. Yeah. Loved. It. Had a long life. There That's could be what generations of that sheep
0: down there. That's you know? what I choose yeah. to believe.
1: Yep. Happy. Very happy
0: living down near the convent.
1: Just having a good time. Really loved. That's, you know. Uh, and finally, just what a bummer that the movie received an R rating back in the 80s because uh, it just killed it from having any chance of being a mainstream hit. And mm. and it's like, uh, you know, that that stuff that you sent me where Lowenstein's saying, like, what, what do you need me to cut? And the censor just saying, the whole movie is just gross. Like it was just one person. Yeah, like sorry. it's just like. Yeah, one censor. <clears throat> And it's a bummer because I looked at the movies that um, came out. Uh, it, by the way, it says uh, in the list I looked up, it said it was released in 87, but yes. it was officially shown in the second half of uh, December in 86, 86. So there must yeah. have been some previews or something like that. I went that. with
0: 86 as being the year of release because one of my most hated childhood films came out.
1: What's that? Malcolm. Malcolm? Oh, wasn't that 87? Because I have yeah, that down 80- as... Uh, oh, no, 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 86. Yeah, yeah. 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 Why, why do you hate Malcolm? I don't know. Like, I saw
0: it at the time as a kid and I was like, just the, I don't know, maybe it was because it was gross and, and it yeah, was short right. Melbourne. Yeah, that's uh, funny. So if I'd seen Dogs in Space when I was nine, it could have been a problem.
1: Yeah, right. Oh. You, you wouldn't have been able to get into uh, uh, Dogs in Space back then. But, the, um, um, but you know, in that year you get, like, if you'd had this released, I, I feel like this is a really good counterpoint to you have Family Fair and playing BD Bow. You mm-hmm. have Malcolm, and you also have that uh, little film called Crocodile Dundee. Yes, indeed, yeah, yeah. And you know, so you're getting all this attention mm. on the Australian movie scene. Yeah, and then and then you have Dogs in Space there. I just think it would have been well, perfect because
0: Alex Cox's didn't Nancy, that this is compared to a bit came out the yeah. same year as well.
1: Right. So you know,
0: it sort of shows the immaturity of the Australian film industry. Yeah, as compared to you know not to be. Not to go cultural cringe or anything, or you know, have that inferiority complex, but you know, two fairly you know similar films.
1: Yeah, yeah. One... It was in it was in the Zekegeist. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we so it goes, eh? That's what... Yeah, it was a bummer. I think it's. A, I'm glad that you suggested this film. I think it's probably one of uh, uh, my favourites that I've seen. For the year, like of right. uh, like right. not uh, new releases, but yeah. you know of uh, of the movies that we've been looking back on, not just in this segment, but in other segments as well. Uh, and uh, I just watched uh, Mulholland Drive for our David yep. Lynch series, and uh, weirdly felt um, they were. You know they're not the same, but there is there there's kind of like a an emotional similarity to certain aspects of it. All right. Okay. Um, so yeah, so I thought it was fantastic, and, I, and uh, I I thoroughly recommend anyone to check it out. I think it was only to rent. I think it was only like six bucks or something. Yeah, you can get online.
0: it on uh, YouTube and you know. Uh, and- Google Play, a few other places.
1: Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, I can even and,
0: recommend if you've got a Blu-ray player. I did the 2014 release uh, that I started you right. just from. Um, yeah, that's a pretty, fairly comprehensive one in terms of uh, a lot of Lowenstein content from the re-release and all that sort of thing. So I think you'd find it on eBay or even on the Umbrella website pretty easily.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely worth checking out and uh, a real, uh, a real proper. Uh, cinema experience, and it's a, it's just a real bummer that I'd love to have seen where that gets what an M rating. Uh, mm. or, or, I think it,
0: it came, when it came out again, it was M A. Yeah,
1: so it got an M
0: A. got yeah, it was drops yeah, just enough to like get it in front of people fifteen and older.
1: Yeah, uh, but with, yeah, yep. But now because it feels like it looks back at a subculture that doesn't really have much lineage in uh, modern. Uh, mainstream uh, sensibilities. It, it, it feels so alien. But for a, if you have any kind of inkling of that era or uh, interest in looking at things from the past, I think it's a, a real winner.
0: Yeah, it feels like
1: if you lived in that sort of maybe 30-year window where that stuff yeah. was, you know, you could get away with it. Or, yeah. No, um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Uh, what's uh, where, where can people find uh, your work, Garth, yeah. and your latest book? Uh, at... Um,
0: past the at the moment, um, having a little bit of a lean back from social media just because it's getting very tedious. <laughs> uh, also pass the Ammo at Instagram and on Twitter. Uh, and that being said, I will be getting back into being annoyingly self-promotional in July sometime with the next project that we're gonna come out with. Yeah, crap. I'll keep that in the holster for now. I'm gonna watch Barry and
1: uh... yeah. <laughs> And get back to me about that. Get back to me about that, correct. And probably be us listen to Terence Trent Darby. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Straight into uh, TTD and, and to find flip, out what happened to I think uh,
0: maybe if we'd like to flip it up next time, we might try something completely on the other end of the scale. Uh, do you want me to maybe bring it up now or leave yeah, it? Yeah, bring me? it up now. Let's watch Howling Free. Hilarious. Shot in uh, Sydney by Joe Dante. Uh, yeah. Australian werewolves. A lot of great stuff that maybe a lot of people haven't seen.
1: Well, for some reason, before you said what you were going to say, I thought, I thought is he going to say Razorback? But you've said wow. Howling 3, and I feel like we're in the same, same general ballpark, right? Pretty close.
0: Yeah, maybe sort of moving in a patently more ridiculous direction. But yeah, uh, right. it's a lot of fun, uh, and it's not been seen by a lot of people, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it should, it should, plenty of grist for the mill, and you'll see a lot of uh, Australian character actors from that era uh, having a pretty good time uh, getting a paycheck.
1: Yeah, uh, might makes, be the might be the new IP to bring back, right? Howing, absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, we could be on the start of something there. Yeah.
0: All right. We'll, we'll have, to, have to recast that
1: one as well. We'll have to make sure that we uh, trademark any of our. Uh, Uh, ideas that we come up for with it as well Well. yeah Yeah. All right. thanks Garth thank you Justin see ya thank you to Garth for bringing this movie to my attention as I said earlier uh, it's not like I had uh, definitive thoughts about what this movie was going to be like but uh, look I I was I had very vague thoughts on it and I was off the mark. I I really loved it. I thought it was fantastic. So uh, please uh, go and find this Lost Australian classic. It it is such a wonderful film. Uh, Also a big thank you to our Patreon subscriber for the episode, Andrew. I hope you enjoyed this particular episode. And once again, thank you so much for your support. I'll be back next week with a couple of new podcasts. Uh, Last week, I told you that uh, Dr. Aditi Paul was going to be on, but uh, just... Due to a scheduling uh, commitment, I've decided to shake it up. So she'll be on next week talking about her book, which is covering the sex lives of college students in the States. It's a really fun chat. It's really, really fun. And uh, I think we'll be back with a space podacy. I reckon it's going to be Alien. That's right. The big one. The first one. The one that kickstarted it all. So. Uh, you've got a bit of time to watch that for the first time or re-watch it if you haven't watched it for a while uh, before that podcast comes out next week. So there'll be two tasty episodes for you. Uh, If you'd like to support our work here, you can either sign up to the Patreon site, uh, join our Facebook page, or leave us a top review on Apple Podcasts. Even just suggesting our work here to your friends is a great way to support us. Uh, Also, if you'd like to have some uh, extra material and like to read some of the ongoing dispatches from the Fury Road blog that I write, or even the beautiful tales for the Disenchanted short stories, you can find them over at bigsquidpod.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you're well. Uh, Stay safe out there and enjoy the rest of your week. Until then.